0: Nicole Miss Porter <laughs>
1: Hey guys, welcome to episode 20 of Macabre Misfortunes. Hello. We've made it through 20 of these. That's five months worth. Isn't that great? It seems like we just started them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that right? Four, eight, yeah? Five months. Oh. Huh.
0: Time's a-flying, baby.
1: All right. Today's story, Tracy, we are going to discuss a mystery that is 52 years old.
0: Sounds good.
1: Most call it the mystery of the East Dal woman.
0: East what?
1: Eastdale.
0: Eas is
1: What's I S D A L was pronounced oh, okay. Eastdale. I gotcha. That's foreign. Other call it the Ice Valley Woman.
0: I like that one better.
1: <laughs> so we're gonna discuss why it's uh the difference in, in what it's called in here okay. in just a little bit. This case is fascinating, so we're just going to jump right into it. On November 29th, 1970, a man and his two daughters were on a hike. It's in a uh, very remote wooded valley in western Norway. This area is called Isdaljen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it is a, right outside the city of Bergen in Norway, and it means ice valley. Okay. So that's the difference in the name. Okay. So the man and his daughter noticed the smell of something burning, like kind of like meat being cooked. Mm -hmm. Now there was a restaurant uh, down the hill from where they were because they were on a mountain, but it was too far away for them to still be able to smell anything cooking from the restaurant. But that was their initial thought. Then they found the body of a charred woman. Wedged between two rocks.
0: Wow. That's weird.
1: The front of her body, which included her face and most of her hair, had been burnt. Beside her body, just sort of scattered around, was some jewelry, an umbrella, some bottles that had the labels peeled off of it or scratched off of it, Uh so you couldn't see what it was, a watch, and the remains of nylon stockings and rubber boots.
0: Well, I'm surprised there was any stockings left.
1: Well, I think it was close enough to where Mm -hmm. he did it, but she didn't have them on. Oh. Police would later say that the placement of these objects were strange. One of the forensic investigators said that it looked like there had been some type of ceremony done. The unknown woman had no ID. She was five four and a half with brown eyes and very long brown hair. She appeared to be between 25 and 40 years old. Her teeth were very distinct, though, because she had 14 fillings and several gold crowns, which was unusual for her age and not typical for Norway.
0: Wow, so, so she had a mouthful of rotten teeth Apparently. to fix.
1: Of course, they did an autopsy, and it was determined that she died from combination of sleeping pills... And carbon monoxide poisoning, which some believe was from a campfire that was next to her.
0: Oh, I was gonna say, how do you get that?
1: Well, on she was mountain. she was burning.
0: Oh duh. Well, okay. So well, but
1: you're gonna get carbon monoxide from wood, not from
0: Okay. Um, not from her. That's, that's
1: right. Now the funny thing is some people say that there was a campfire that was next to her that's worth happened, but some people say there weren't there wasn't a fire next to her anywhere. So I don't know how it would have happened in that case, but there is some dispute on that part. Initially, her death was deemed to be a probable suicide. Mm. Well, you're not, you're not alone. (laughs) Most did not believe this to be the case, and uh, we're going to cover why there is so much debate on this case. So first off, police later found two suitcases at the Bergen Railway Station Luggage Department. This luggage was tracked back to this woman because of fingerprint. Inside the bags were glasses, eyeglasses, clothes, but here's the strange thing. All the clothes had the tags cut off. So, you didn't know what brand they were or any of that. Oh. Um, There were several wigs. There was um, money, cash money, from Norway, Germany, and then there was also, like, coins that were from Belgium, uh, England, and Switzerland.
0: That's a weird amount from different world prices.
1: More perplexing was a notepad, and a notepad had cryptid messages, a bunch of letters and numbers that were, like, in, written in code.
0: Oh. Also... Is she CIA?
1: <laughs> well, you might be closer than you think. So there was also in her bag all kinds of, like, bottles of soap and, you know, like... Uh, Shampoo and stuff like that. But all of the labels had been taken off of those.
0: Well, maybe she's cheap and didn't know she went to the dollar store to buy (laughs) her stuff.
1: Maybe that's what it was. Police eventually decoded the notepad and determined that they were uh, indications of dates and places, such as hotels and cities, that the woman had stayed. They also found a plastic bag from a shoe store in the city of Stavanger, which is in Norway. That's about 120 miles south of Bergen where she was. When the shoe store was contacted, the owner's son said that he remembered her. She bought a pair of rubber boots. And he said she was an attractive woman and well-dressed. But he also said that she asked a lot of questions and spent a lot of time making up her mind. And also that her English was very poor. He also mentioned that he remembered a certain peculiar scent. That might have been garlic. She had this attractive woman running around smelling like garlic. Yeah. Well, the police eventually tracked her to a local hotel. She had registered under a name Fenella Lorch, but this was not her real name. It was one of several aliases that she used at hotels from March to November of 1970. Supposedly, she would have to show a, some type of a passport or ID mm-hmm. to get uh, uh, in to be able to get registered, I guess. But most of these places, the, the, that hotel said they didn't require her to have one, and they didn't find any IDs or passports on her.
0: When that is, that is so strange, so they
1: found no IDs or passports on her, and it, none of them were in the bags that she had. Now, hotel staff said that she was very fashionable, she was quiet, and and seemed to be very serious. Again, she spoke poor English. But she also spoke German and Flemish.
0: What is that?
1: I knew you was going to ask. It is actually a uh, dialect of a Dutch language.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Even with all these clues, police were not able to figure out her identity. Just a few months after this incident, Norwegian authorities ordered the case to be closed and deemed it a suicide. The woman was buried. She was buried in a zinc casket to preserve her remains in case relatives came forward in the future. Some of the local police had some major issues with closing this case.
0: I mean, how can they order you to do that?
1: Well, I mean, they just can. The Whoever's in charge of, of the police department can just say it's done. Is what it is. Just like any other job, you know, if your your supervisor tells you to do something, you just can't go do something else without repercussions, so... So, there was an investigation started by the Interpol, which is the International Criminal Police Organization. They re examined this case with help from the Bergen Police Department and the National Criminal Investigation Service, called it looks like it's a cripple in Norway. Now, this all took place just a couple of years ago, 2017. Wow. So, they kind of reopened the case. <clears throat> On the investigation, they showed that the enamel on her teeth showed that she most probably spent her childhood somewhere along the border between France and Germany. Around 14, she probably lived on the borders area of either Germany, France, Luxembourg, and Belgium.
0: They can tell that by her teeth? By the
1: enamel on her teeth. I don't know how. That
0: is the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
1: That can't be dumb if they were able to tell it. It's super forensic studies. Well, not because you work for a dentist. You know how they work forensics on it.
0: Yeah, that's dumb. I don't know. (laughs) It just sounds really dumb.
1: It was also determined that she was closer to 40 than she was to 30 years old. So we mentioned that some police felt that the case was closed way too early. Some believe that this was done because of a bigger um, issue at hand. For example, some think that she was a spy or somehow connected to intelligence work. One of the policemen, Bergen Investigator Harold Osland, said that he never could accept the fact that he had to close down the case. The case broke his trust in his profession because barriers were were being put on their work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he didn't agree, but like you said, you got to do what you got to do. Tracy, do you want to hear a fun fact?
0: I would love to hear a fun fact because I love to learn.
1: Well, and you didn't catch this. I'm surprised you didn't.
0: Uh Uh-oh. What I didn't catch.
1: Well, we mentioned that they just reopened this case, and they did um, some forensics on her teeth, her enamel. Yeah. But didn't we mention... Because I said
0: that's dumb.
1: But didn't we mention earlier that her body was buried back in 1971 when they closed the case?
0: Oh. Okay, yeah. That's a little... How did they pull that off?
1: Well... When they buried her, they kept the jawbone and her teeth from the casket. That, those didn't get buried. That's the only things that didn't get buried.
0: Well, and if she had all those crowns, too, That they're not going to deteriorate.
1: Right. But they did their study on the enamel. On the, the enamel, crowns. yeah. But anyway, that's, uh, that's why that didn't happen. Okay, so here's some other strange parts of this case that really didn't get answers. Why did she have so many identities and have so many unexplained travel plans? Many do think that she was killed because she was a spy, or uh, at least doing something along that lines. Because you got to remember, this was during the time of the Cold War. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, and she was over there in Europe. You got Russia and everything. You know, not too far from areas that she was growing up from. Norway had also experienced some strange disappearances that were close to military installations in the 1960s so she wasn't the only person to have a strange death or a disappearance
0: doesn't sound like it
1: and those people who went missing in norway were all tracked back to international espionage so right back to the spy thing
0: Ooh. hey would you like to be a spy no i don't think i would either have
1: no desire to do that
0: yeah no i don't think i would I'd probably blab. I couldn't keep it a secret. I know you couldn't keep it no dang secret.
1: (laughs) Declassified records of the Norwegian Armed Forces also revealed that many of that woman's travels seemed to correspond with the top secret trials of the Penguin missiles. That was a missile that was actually made by the U.S., but they were actually testing over there.
0: Okay.
1: And it was Soviets that were testing it, but it was at the same time that she was traveling, and a lot of the dates where this was happening and where it was happening, they were able to coincide Mm -hmm. that she was there during that time. Okay, so the question is, was this a suicide or was it murder?
0: I'm sorry. I don't see how you get yourself between two rocks and catch yourself on fire.
1: Well, she was between two rocks in a
0: hard place. Yeah. Well, still. I'd like to be badass just like her maybe, just a little bit.
1: I think suicide seems to be far-fetched. Even if you were between the two rocks and you took all these pills, why would you set yourself on fire? No. I mean, that makes no sense. No,
0: it makes no sense.
1: And another thing is, I mean, it's not definite because not everybody does, but most of the time if you're going to commit suicide, you a lot of times do leave some kind of note. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but she couldn't do that if she's a spy.
1: No, but that's she's not going to. I'm just saying that. That's oh, it just doesn't seem like it would be suicide. It's far fetched to me. She took a bunch of sleeping pills, set herself on fire. That's out took for me. That's nobody's going to yeah. do that. It's and, very sad. And why was all of her stuff all the Scattered labels stuff and scraped all labels, off? And yeah. All that. So the other thing is, was because, it because
0: nobody? Right, because because they took all that stuff off. They don't want any little bit of evidence to.
1: Yeah, but the stuff was also off in her bag. That was at the the train station still. So she traveled with it like that. Maybe just not to see, for people to see, oh, this came from Germany or this Mm -hmm. came from, Mm -hmm. that's my guess. Was it murder? Well, what we do know is there was a taxi driver that took this woman from the hotel that she was staying at to the Bergen Railroad Railroad Station where her suitcases were found. Okay. Okay. So we know that. But the taxi driver was never able to be found. But in 1991, a taxi driver wishing to remain anonymous came forward and said that he's the one that picked her up. And she was joined by another man for the ride to the train station. And then they both got off at the train station and he doesn't know what happened after that.
0: Right. I guess it's been eating at him, huh?
1: Here's the biggest part of the case to me. In 2005, remember this happened in 1970. In 2005, a Bergen resident came forward after seeing a composite sketch of this woman. Now, he had said that he was hiking in that same area five days before they found the woman's body.
0: Okay.
1: He said that he had seen her while he was hiking. She was in unusual clothes. That's why she stood out. He said that most people wear warm hiking clothes when they're out there, but she was dressed in light casual clothes, not like she was ready for a hike. Mm-hmm. She seemed very resigned. Even melancholy was his term. He thought she was going to speak to him, but then she didn't. He then noticed that she was being followed by two men, and they were wearing very very heavy, warm coats. He said the men had a distinctive foreign look to them and what he meant by that was they had very dark hair and very dark eyes he said that the men were engaged in a very intense conversation that they immediately ceased when they saw him so this witness said that he reported the incident at the time but was visited by some high-ranking officials from Norway that told him that he needed to forget about anything that he had seen
0: well that's scary
1: And as of this day, they still do not know the identity of the woman.
0: Poor thing.
1: So, anyways.
0: Wow, that's a crazy story.
1: But that's the story of the Isdella Isdella woman, the Isdella woman.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like she was badass till the end. Yeah. You know.
1: And she was attractive by the composite sketch that I saw of her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She had a little gap between her
0: Between her teeth. Between her I mean, wow you had all that dental work done, why didn't you get yeah, that no, gap closed? No kidding. Dang.
1: So. Anyways, thank you guys. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed. Thanks, guys. Tracy, what did I tell you about playing the organ while I'm trying to record a commercial?
0: Dang, my bad. Get off my nuts. Hey, Hillbilly Horror Stories fans, I'm Annie Weaves. And I'm Brendan Shea. We are paranormal investigators and hosts of Serial Spirits Podcast.
1: We are excited to be a part of the Hillbilly Horror Stories 6th Anniversary live show at the Old Hospital on College Hill. We have had the privilege to investigate there, and wow, is this place active. Hey guys, it's Jerry. And Tracy. We are so excited to have Annie and Brendan with us on Saturday, August 20th at the Old Hospital on College Hill in Williamson, West Virginia.
0: You will hear both shows do a live version of our podcast, and then everyone will get a tour of the hospital.
1: Get your tickets today at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. And don't procrastinate because seating is limited.